Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Together, let us recite the portion of Psalm 86. Teach me your way, O Lord and I will walk in your truth. Knit my heart to you that I may fear your name. I will thank you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and glorify your name forevermore. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the nethermost pit. The arrogant rise up against me, O God and a band of violent men seeks my life. They have not set you before their eyes. But you, O Lord, are gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and full of kindness and truth. Turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength to your servant and save the child of your handmaid. Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. 
For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor planes until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. The word of the Lord. Let us recite the song of Simeon. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations in the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus put before the crowd another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, 
and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. When my children were younger, they used to help me pull weeds in the garden. As a gardener who loves to grow vegetables, I've been trained to know what's a weed and what's not. My kids, on the other hand, weren't so sure. Their little hands would grab something and then ask, Mom, is this a weed? Sometimes they had an errant weed that needed to be uprooted. Other times they were gripping a tomato plant I had tended all winter in my greenhouse. They needed to learn which plants were valuable and which were expendable. They needed to learn what was good and what was bad. They needed someone wiser to tell them what belonged and what was to be tossed into the compost heap. They had no innate knowledge that some plants were worthy of the garden and others were not. Jesus' parable of the wheat and the weeds today tells a different story, and he talks not about plants, but about God's kingdom. Jesus knows that it is all too human to believe we know who belongs and who doesn't belong in this country, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our prisons, and on our deportation lists. Events of the past months have reminded us that we are really good at sorting people, particularly by the color of our skin. The challenges of living together, although physically separated in this pandemic, have amplified these tensions. Voices of protest and hope for renewed equality and justice for all Americans are confused with riots. Partisan politics has invaded the way we might care for one another's health in the midst of the virus. Social media and the constant news cycle encourages a cancel culture when anyone makes a misspeak, even if unintended. We know who the weeds are and we are quick to throw them into fires of judgment. In fact, many of us believe we are doing the world and God a great service when we decide amongst ourselves who gets to belong and who doesn't when we decide what constitutes the wheat, the weeds, and the wheat. We are very much like the master servants in the parable, who see weeds and hurry back to the person in charge. Uproot them, we say, deport them, fire them, we cry, throw them into the fire, we demand. They don't belong. Now, as someone who loves gardening, I have pulled my fair share of weeds, and I understand the servant's attitude. They are ready to blame someone. The master must have planted bad seed. 
It appears that the field has gotten out of control and that the master is powerless to do much. So it's important to the servants that they let the master know the error of his way. The master's response to his servants is understated, quiet, and surprising. Let them grow together, he says. It's not your business or even my business to go around pulling weeds in this field. Let them grow together. The Greek is actually a theomai, forgive. The same word we say in the Lord's Prayer when we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is a gentle rebuke to the servants who try to go around naming what is a weed and what isn't. A rebuke to the servant who tries to tell the master what belongs in the field and what doesn't. The same words we pray to God for us. A theomine. Forgive. Imagine how different our world, even our churches would be, if every time we saw something we think doesn't belong, every time we perceive a weed among the wheat, we took the master's attitude rather than the servant's. Let those that don't belong to each other grow together. Let those who don't fit into each other's neat fields of categories grow together. Let the wheat and the weeds grow together. Forgive us our judgment, our trespasses, our mistakes, as we forgive others. Let them grow together because the line between the weed and the wheat is much blurrier than we'd like to think, if it exists at all. Just as it's our human tendency to judge that turns a plant into a weed or a neighbor into an enemy. So it is that simple cultivation, love, transforms a weed in our eyes into a valued plant. A dandelion in a garden, when cultivated, becomes a delicious salad green. And who hasn't admired a bouquet of dandelions presented by an excited child or grandchild? Cultivation and love transforms. In the master's garden, the master errs on the side of growth rather than punishment. The master is more concerned with everything growing than just the right things growing. But our tendency is to read a great deal of punishment in all this. The eventual burning of the weeds becomes a metaphor for the fires of hell and judgment. The introduction of flames in the last few sentences colors the entire parable for us. But the parable is not simply a promise of judgment. It's really a promise of harvest. And harvest is about feeding people. It's about sustenance. It's about bounty and abundance. When we focus only on the end times, we turn the theological idea of a harvest into something to be feared. A terrible separating of those who belong and those who don't. But that's not what a harvest is about. Harvests bring communities together. Harvests are hard work, but they are to be celebrated 
not feared. At the end of the growing season, by the time the harvest arrives, no one is concerned with the weeds anymore. They are thrilled at the bounty and abundance springing from the land. They are eager to cook and to put up food for winter. They are excited about a season's work bringing forth fruit. Weeds are a concern only for those who can't see the joy of the harvest, the bread to be baked, broken, and shared. One day the harvest celebration is coming, the master says, and all this business about weeds and wheat will be settled. It's almost an afterthought. A notion designed to help us let go of our desire to judge who is in and who is out. It functions to help us reconsider our desire to uproot, deport, kill, imprison, and send missiles to burn our enemies. It should refocus our attention on the command of the master. Let them grow together. Forgive, the master says. God will take care of the judgment. God will sort it out in the end. We are called to cultivate the world, to love as Jesus loves. Let us stand ready to be that kind of gardener in the world God has given us. Amen. Together we affirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. 
He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray in the words our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving help among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things for which our unworthiness we dare not or for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me in praying to God for healing and comfort, mercy, and a renewed commitment to follow Jesus, saying, Lord, hear our prayer. O God of compassion, giver of life and health, we pray your healing mercies upon all people, the sick and those who care for them, the grieving, and all who comfort them in their sorrow. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for courage and wisdom for our leaders and for our church as we discern our individual role and our community's call to heal the divisions which infect our country. Lord, hear our prayer. We ask, Heavenly Father, that we be guided by your spirit of love and by our baptismal promises to respect the dignity of every human being and all of your creation. Help us witness to your purpose with renewed integrity. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for those on our parish prayer list, Edith, Susie and Ellie, Edie, Barbara, Aurelie, 
Matthew, Colby, Jean, Jane, Sandra, Daniela, Michael, Mart, Scott, Charlie, Nigel, Christine, Ryan and Kim, Linda and John, Shannon, Lydia, Bill, Paul, Ellen, Will, Peter, Nancy, Marjorie, Robert, Audrey, Doug, Susan, Mary Sue and Charles, Isabel, Christina, Sergio, Tom, Joan, Caroline, Margot, Jenna, James, Betty Ann, Barbara, Sue, Justin, Jim, Rick, Carol and John, Christopher and Heidi, Peter, Marie and William, and all those you name now. And we pray for those who have died, especially Deborah Stessel. May they rest in the joys of heaven in God's loving embrace. Lord, hear our prayer. Mercifully accept these, our prayers, O God of all comfort, and our only help in time of need. Amen. Good morning, friends. I hope that you will join us for coffee hour following this service. Be lovely to see your faces. Um, the other thing that I'm starting this week or sort of expanding this week is the opportunity to have uh, chapel chats or porch prayers. The little porch on the chapel has two wonderful benches, sort of an outdoor office, and I would be delighted to um, to have you make an appointment and come and have a chat just so we can see each other and pray together if that would be helpful. Um, it would be lovely to see you. So please do reach out um, and make an appointment over the next couple of weeks. We can enjoy the beauty of summer um, and our wonderful memorial garden and the views um, at the church. We give thanks for so many blessings in this community, and I give thanks always for each one of you in hopes that we will see each other again soon. Let us pray together in the words of the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise not only with our lips but in our lives by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.